0: Good, praise the Lord. Good to see all your smiling faces. Turn to one another and just give give each other a big cheesy grin. Come on. (laughs) Who was just frightened then? (laughs) Praise the Lord. How are we doing? Good. Who's having a great week? Yeah. Yeah. Who's not sure yet? Who wants who wants to see the rewind? Eh? Praise God. It's always good. I, I love coming to church and worshiping and then you know, uh, it just melts things away. Worship just melts things away. And um I'm just really blessed to be here with you guys and I just pray and know that God is doing something wonderful uh in this city and, and, and in amongst us. Amen? And uh Praise God. You know, it's, uh, it's also only, um, a couple of weeks before the Brazilians turn up, which is good. Hey, eh? sound like some rock star mob coming, but, um uh, no, Pastor Olivier and Igor are coming and, uh, they're, they're pumped. They're quite excited. Um, typically, um, international visitors, you know, uh, asking how many kangaroos are going to see down the main street and that sort of stuff. I said, don't worry about it, bro. We'll go and, uh, we'll go and jump on a few and ride them around. So uh, it's all good. We're, we're, we're psyching them up for a great visit. But we're really looking forward to that. And, um, and they are as well. Hallelujah. Hey, um, why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for, uh, for this day, for the beautiful sunshine that we have. But Lord, we just, um, just want to honor you. Just as, Father, we were on knees before the throne of God. Lord, what a moment for us. And what a privilege for us it is to just come and bow the knee before you. So, Lord, we thank you that even now, in spirit, we are, we are down on our knees before the throne because we want to honour you, Lord. So, Father, just in what, what is shared, I believe, Holy Spirit, just, just share what is from the throne room of heaven, what God wants us to hear, what our Father wants us to hear this morning. Let it be said, let it be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I'll get myself a little bit more organized. Um, we've been doing a series on, uh, on understanding God. Who thinks they, uh, they sort of understand God? <laughs> um, like my dear friend, Pastor Ken Chant said, said, when I was first saved, I knew all the answers. Um, but he's in his eighties now and he reckons he's got more questions. Who feels like that sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, sometimes, you know, and that's the beauty of the gospel. It's so simple that a child, it's profound for a child to understand and yet it keeps the best theologians busy for a lifetime, doesn't it? And, um, and so we just really want to uh, take note that, you know, understanding God is not about an intellectual thing, okay? Yes, we do have the word. Um, we do have our brains to use, and, and we are meant to use our brains in our relationship. Um, but it's not just about the knowledge. You, you heard it time and time again. It's about the revelation of who God is in our life. And I hope that today, um, in talking about, um, talking about the body of God, uh, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, that we are able to even comprehend that a little bit more. Okay. Um, So really, in reality, when we come to try and understand God, okay, let's go back. I'm jumping ahead of myself there. All right. God, in reality, is beyond the limit of our finite mind and understanding. But he has revealed himself to us, and we know him as Father, Savior, and Counselor. Okay. Okay. We as humans have finite minds. We have limited understanding. So if we are going to think that we can ever fully understand God, then, guys, we kid ourselves, don't we? After all, how can something that is finite and temporary ever hope to fully appreciate him who is infinite and eternal? Yet God has not left us stranded. He's not left us orphaned. He's not left us without hope. He has revealed himself, hasn't he? He's revealed himself to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. And He's also continues to reveal himself to us through the Holy Spirit, who is the great Counselor. Just as we are triune in nature, we're body, we're mind, and we're spirit. So we reflect the nature of God. We are created in his image, aren't we? And so we can start to get glimpses of God in our life. We start to come to some understanding of God through the writings in the Bible and through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. In this series so far on understanding God, our hope is... And we know that it's not that you're just going to all of a sudden get it all. We know that. okay. But our prayer is that no matter how far along the journey you are in your faith, whether it's one month or a couple of decades along, that you are able to gain another glimpse, another revelation of the heart of God, of the character of God. And so that's our prayer for us. And that the eternal heart of God who has been revealed to us through his son Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit is what will draw us closer to him. It what will keep us strong in our walk of faith. Because faith is not always easy, isn't it? It's not. I'm telling you, faith is not always easy. Walking a life according to the word of God is not always easy. Because you will be criticized for your conviction. We're seeing that right now, aren't we? In the current debate around Australia. Okay? If you stand up for what you believe, you will be criticized. You will be ridiculed. You will be bullied. But let's expect that, okay? Because Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble. But don't worry about it, guys. I've overcome. Have peace in your heart. So let's not get flustered when these things happen. But have peace. Have peace in your heart. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Ian Miller from Hornsby came and he shared on the Father's heart. Who can remember that? You know, I know for some of us in growing up, we often thought of God as, you know, this old man, big white flowing beard, you know, white dazzling clothes, sitting on the throne. He was a God that was angry, that he just wanted to point his finger at us and tell us everything that was wrong. You know, he wanted to administer punishment. You know, sometimes that's what characterized God in our growing up. or well, for me at least, in what I was told sometimes, or what my perception was, But you see, I've come to know God in a more intimate way. And no longer is is he that perceived ogre, whose only intent is to pinpoint my faults, now I know him as Papa, Abba, Father. Such intimacy, such love. I know him. As a father who has gone to extreme lengths to win back the hearts of his children. Whose only intention is to see the world restored back to him. We see that in John 3.16 as we've heard many times over the last couple of weeks. He didn't come to condemn the world but to save it. The story of the prodigal son reveals the father's heart. You see, often we think it's a story about the son, but it's also a story about a father. A father whose heart was broken to see his son go wayward. And every day he yearned, every day he longed, every day he went to the gate to see if his son would return. I know what joy there was that day that he saw that shadowy figure start to come down the driveway. Such joy that he ran. He ran. He couldn't wait any longer. As soon as he saw him, he ran and embraced him and offered him the best. Even though the son knew he was not worthy to receive it. My friends, that gives us a picture of our Heavenly Father. And I know we come to Him and, you know, so often we think we're so unworthy of His love. But He brushes all that aside and He's, He just embraces us. That is my Father in Heaven. And we saw that. We heard that when Pastor Ian came. Last week, Pastor Steve shared on the mind of God. And he touched how how much God is for us, amen, and He's not against us. Can you say that? God is for me, not against me. Come on, say it with conviction. God is for me, not against me. He is very much for us. He is cheering for you. His desire is to see the best in you. He is for you, not against you. And if God is for me, then who can be against me? It's what Romans 8 tells us. If God is for me, who's going to stand against me? Come on, guys. This is who our Father is. If we want to understand God, let's start there. Let's start at that very point that God is for me. And let's work from that foundation. Because if we don't have that understanding, then we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying to appease God. We're going to keep trying to win God's favor. We're going to keep trying to get into his good books. Well, there are no good and bad books. There's only the book of life. And if you're in it, you're in it. If you're not, we need to talk. Seriously. If God is for me, who can be against me? If we have any chance of understanding God, then we need to know that God is not a guy who is sitting on the throne yielding a stick of punishment, but he is peering over the balustrades of heaven and he is cheering you on and he is saying, come on, son, come on, daughter, and the angels and all the saints that are gathered there are cheering us on, my friends. Oh, what a wonderful and glorious experience that is. If we could only hear the resounding thunder of the multitudes of heaven cheering us on. That's who we are. This is our God. He's saying, keep going. Keep going. And when he sees the shadowy figure of one of his children walking back home he calls all the angels together and what a commotion there is the bible tells us heaven goes into party mode each each time a soul is saved this is our father this is who he is this is his heart this is his desire And yet to even grasp this more fully, we need to look to Jesus. To understand the heart of God and begin to understand the mind of God, we look to God made flesh, Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus came as a sacrificial lamb, but he rose from the grave as a victorious, triumphant saviour. More than that, he reveals the Father to us. And in revealing the Father, he reveals the Father's heart. If you've got your Bible, let's go to John 14. And we're going to use this as our text this morning, verses 6 through to 10. If you haven't, then just follow up on the screen. But Sometimes it's good to take out your Bible, and follow along. Are you there yet? John fourteen six says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to me except, no one comes to the Father except through me. Let's stop right there for a sec. No one comes to the Father except through me. Everything we want to try and understand about God, we need to view it through the person of Jesus. There's two points right there. It's what makes our Christian faith so unique. In that our Father in heaven can only be seen through Jesus. The fullness of God is in Jesus. It's what sets us apart from every other religion that man has made. It's because we have God who has been made flesh as our witness, as our example. Every, everything else, every other religion that has tried to comprehend God or to form an image of God in, in what they think he's like, have all these connotations of trying to appease him, trying to reconcile themselves to him, whereas through Jesus Christ, God reconciled himself to us. That's another sermon. Let's keep going. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Now Philip is um, a bit slow on the take-up. So he says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own, rather it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. You see, in the context, this scripture is, is written in the, in the dialogue of Jesus preparing his, his disciples for his, for his departure. Those whole chapters around uh, 14, 15, 16, 17. There's just this, this conversation Jesus is having with his disciples, with his followers. He's praying for them. He's talking to them about, um, you know, his need to go to the cross in directly and indirectly. He's talking about the promised Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about next week. And the context is, that Jesus is paving a way. He's showing them that he must leave, that he must go to fulfill the promise and purpose of God. And yet this concerns the disciples. They're concerned. Thomas says, if we go back to John 14.1, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where I'm going, you cannot come. I'll come back for you to take you to the place I am going. And Thomas says, Lord, how do we know where where you're going? And that's where Jesus kicks in in verse 6 and says, I am the way, the truth, the life. But to us, that question might be familiar of the one that Thomas asked. How do we know where you're going, Lord? Thomas asked. For us, the question might be, how do I know what God wants? How am I supposed to know the way I'm to live? How do I know what God's plan is for my life? How am I able to understand what God wants from me? Who's ever had those questions? Yeah, come on, one honest person. We all do. We all have those questions in our life. It's just like Thomas, Lord, how do I know the way? But here's the thing, guys. The hows, the whys, the whats, can be overwhelming and the concern rises because you know it just seems just this overwhelming sense of why what how when and we get stuck in this place and the burden seems to become heavier and heavier in a sense we cry out just like the disciples jesus don't leave us where are you going i need you just show me something and I'll be able to get through this. The disciples were saying, show me the Father and everything will be okay. For us, we often say to the Lord, show us something and we'll be okay. And you know what the Jesus' response is? I love this and I'm paraphrasing it in Aussie language. I think, guys, 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 chill out, man. Just chill. Relax. I've got this. It's all good. You're concerning yourself with things you don't need to concern yourself about. He says, I am the way. Just take a deep breath. Relax. Listen to this I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life if you want to understand God's what, whens, hows, and whys, do I get all of them? What you need to do is know the who. You got that? Let me say it again. If you want to know God's what, whens, hows, and whys, you've got to first know the who. And the who is Jesus. And what we need to understand is that it's not about us it's not about us did you realize that the universe doesn't revolve around us you've come to that realization yes I hope so it makes life so much easier the universe is not hinged on our rights and wrongs your ups and downs your ins and outs but just like the writer of hebrews says in chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been surrounded, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on the who, on the who, on, the, on Jesus, the author and perfecter, of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorn and at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If we're ever going to begin to understand or know God, then we must take to heart Jesus' answer to Thomas. If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. And when he said to Philip in verse nine, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. The author, 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 and perfecter of our faith. You've got that? Here's the one that has written the, the script of our faith. He's the author of it. And he perfects it. And when we sort of muck up the script and get our lines wrong, he comes along and he fixes it up. Thank you, Jesus. Because I muck the script up a lot. I forget my lines plenty of times. Come on, you with me there? And we don't always know how the story finishes, our story. We know that there's a place for us in heaven. We know our names in the book of life because they're the promises based on Jesus, not upon us. But how the rest of it plays out till we get to that point, we don't know. We're just going along for the ride. Woohoo! I love it. It's a great adventure, isn't it? It's a great ride. Yes, it has its downs, but man, you've got to love the ups. And when you're on your way down, you just enjoy the ride. Who's ever been a roller coaster? Come on! When you're going down, that's the best part. You woo, love it. Who hangs on for dear life? Come on, yeah. (laughs) Who's the white knuckles? Nah, just got to throw your hands up and say yes. This is awesome. Come on! Why? Because we're fixing our eyes on the body, on the uh, on God-made flesh. We're fixing our eyes on Jesus. Not on the, what must I do to get out of this? How have I let God down? Why is he doing this to me? Because sometimes they're the questions that come to mind when we're going on the way down. But if we can turn that around and say, I just need to fix my eyes on Jesus. I just need to see what he's doing in this situation. And if things are going south, I'm just going to trust I'm going to trust I'm going to trust him. That's where we need to go, guys. You see, when all is said and done, we must understand that if we are ever to fulfill the great commandment of Mark 12:30, which Pastor Steve spoke on last week, and that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, then we must look to Jesus, who is the author. In other words, he directs your faith, and he is the perfecter. Where we fall short, he makes it right. All the requirements of, of what God needs out of our life, Jesus has made it right. He's taken care of it. That's the way it is because if we could achieve it on our own, then Jesus came for nothing. So let's just resolve the fact in our life that we can't do it on our own. And when we look at that scripture of Mark twelve thirty, as Pastor Steve shared last week, if we look to do it in our own strength, in our own understanding, we are going to fall short. We are not going to be able to fulfill it. But if we do it in faith in Jesus Christ and in the strength that he gives us through the Spirit, then we've got a shot at it. It's a great relief. It's a great relief, people, to know that I don't have to do it on my own. Even in trying to understand God, it doesn't boil down to my cognitive ability to wrap my head around it because I'll never be able to do it. My mind is finite. Brilliant as it is, it's finite. Come on. Just that one all. But we are finite beings. We need the perfecter of faith in this journey. And for me, that allows me to throw off everything, throw off everything that hinders. It allows me to throw off the sin that easily entangles. And it allows me to run the race that God has called me to, the one he's marked out for me. If there's one thing that Jesus has revealed to, the, to us, if there's one thing we could come to understand, if we really know him, we also know the Father. If we know Jesus, we know the Father. It's not about the what, the how, the when or why. It's about the who. It's always been about the who. We go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. It was never about the what. It was never about rules and regulations. It was never about the rights and wrongs. God gave them a garden and said, you are free to roam. You are free to do what your heart desires. But just just this one thing, guys. Don't touch that tree. Don't touch that tree. That was the only thing. God has never intended for us to live by rules and regulations. He's always intended us to live by relationship. When God would come in the cool of the evening to meet his beloved. That's what it's about. And I encourage you this morning, as we're looking at this whole thing of understanding God, study is good, and I encourage studying the Word. That's great, fantastic, because we get to learn things. But it's not, not for the head. It's for the heart. It's for the relationship. It's for the purpose of knowing Jesus better so that in that we know God a lot better. My friends, we're so privileged to live on this side of the cross because we have Jesus himself, God personified, Emmanuel, God with us right here. The people of the Old Testament, they just had the what's and when's and how's. And they tried to the best of their ability, and God knew that they would never be able to fulfill it. Why? Because he was preparing them to receive Jesus. It was all pointing to Jesus. The whole Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. The Gospels reveal Jesus to us, and the New Testament flows from Jesus. We are so privileged to live right now. And if you have seen Jesus, and you have seen the Father. And if we know Jesus, we know the Father. But some of you might be saying, I've never seen Jesus. Well, no, you haven't, not with your physical eyes. Only a privileged few in history have had that privilege. But remember what was said to Thomas in the upper room? You believe because you've seen. You believe because you have seen. But then he goes on to say, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. My guys, st- you are blessed. You are blessed because you believe even though you haven't seen with your physical eyes. There's been a revelation in your heart. There's been a revelation in your heart and you've come to know Jesus. You are blessed. You are so blessed. I am so blessed. So let's let's package this up so that we can take it home and have something to think about. If you want this table, just come and see me afterwards and I can give it to you. But in trying to understand something about our journey and if we look at it from the perspective of mark 12:30 to love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your mind all your strength we see that it starts with the heart it starts with the heart connecting with the father's heart it starts with salvation its salvation salvation is our foundation our salvation is where our journey begins. Our faith in Jesus. It's having the heart of stone replaced with the heart of flesh. It's being reborn so that our heart begins to beat as one with the Father. See, if you're here this morning and you've never encountered Jesus as your Savior, then you need to start there. You need to just forget everything else right now and start right there. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way, guys. It's just plain and simple. If we believe that, then there is no other way. If we believe the Word of God, if we believe Jesus and I've never known Jesus to lie, then it makes every other religion null and void because they don't go through Jesus. There is an opportunity here right now for you to receive salvation. And in your heart, you just got to say, Lord, I believe, forgive me for doing life my way. There is that opportunity. Please take that opportunity right now. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. See, God says use your brain. He gave your brain for purpose. Some of us are still trying to figure out how to use it. I understand that. But it talks about the revelation of God moving from faith in Jesus to be, to knowing him having your mind renewed because a renewed mind leads to a transformed life being studious so that in knowing Jesus we will know the father and then loving God with all your soul your soul, your emotions, your your character, your personality, who you are is expressing God's heart. You see when we connect with God and then we start to understand God we start to then express God, don't we, through our life. There is healing, not just physical healing but emotional healing. There is the full so experience of salvation and believing in Jesus. And what do I mean by believing in Jesus? Didn't we do that when we had faith? Well, yes, to a certain extent, but believing in Jesus and in his promises and that when we step out in faith, we believe that the sick get healed, the demons are cast out, the dead are risen. And all these things we start to believe. Being connected, having our life regenerated through the work of the cross, being connected to the body of Jesus. Guys, that is the church. Because we're not meant to do this journey on our own. We're meant to do it together with others. Why? Because we build one another up, don't we? We build one another up, we encourage one another. We motivate one another. That's what being part of the body is. So that we can build one another up into the fullness of the Father. And then love God with all your strength. That just means pursuing God's heart. Pursue God's heart. Go for it, guys. Pursue his heart not just connect with his heart, not just understand his heart, not just express his heart, but pursue it. Have a passion about it. Have something that just makes you go, let's do this. Love it. Come on. Who would want to do anything else? There is no plan B. You got that? If you've got a plan B, screw it up, burn it up, get rid of it. Stick with plan A. Stick with Jesus. Stick with his plan for your life. Rely on him. That's where grace comes in. Having our spirit made strong by the Holy Spirit so that we are able to fulfill everything that God has created us to be. And you know you've been created for a plan and a purpose, don't you? You hung around us a while, you get to know that because we keep hammering that. You are created on purpose for a purpose. And being empowered through the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we can fulfill all of the purposes of our Father. Meditate on those things. That if we are going to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength, then we'll gain understanding. Not full understanding. Again, after all, how can finite understand the infinite? How can corrupt understand the incorruptible? How can darkness understand light? But through Jesus, through him, we can begin to get a glimpse. And the more we get to know Jesus, the more... Understanding we gain. On this side of eternity, that's what we pursue. That's what we pursue. But when the consummation of all things come, that's a different story. Paul reflects this, and I'll leave this as we finish up this morning. That we look forward to when Jesus comes back home and comes back to earth. On this side of eternity, we do our best. But on the other side, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians thirteen nine. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. In verse 12, he goes on to say, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of them is love. God is good. We want to know God more and more. We want to understand him. We do. We are created to understand him, to know him. And even as we speak of these things, my prayer is that there are things that are said that can just help us, just help us to to, to meditate on these and gain a, gain a better understanding of who God is in our life. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you've revealed yourself to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have not left us alone to try and work things out for ourselves. That you have given us your Word. You have given us the Spirit. You have given us faith. You've given us everything we need to come to an appreciation and an understanding of who you are. So Lord, I just pray by your spirit, just take the words that have been shared this morning. Let us meditate on them so that we can just, again, take another step forward in understanding who you are. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask Pastor Steve to come up now. Thanks, Steve.